Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your very rare host, Brian Wilcox. Uh, joining me today is producer Perry, Perry Wagner. Perry, how are we doing today, man? Well, Brian, <laughs> I was doing better about two hours ago. We were, it was four in Pacific time, 4.57. I had three minutes of sweet bliss until um, the inevitable news. Um, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. We'll get into it. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. Uh, this week we were without uh, our main host, Steve DeWald. He will hopefully be back next week to join us. Um, in the meantime, you're going to listen to Perry and I talk about the lottery primarily. And get the show started our actual initial plan was for perry to be in the dark on these picks and we were just gonna i was gonna roll them out like uh the assistant commission himself but i had a work dinner that went a little too long and perry bless his heart could not do it i mean i, I was like okay what I, I can't go on twitter i can't go on instagram i can't go on right safari you know it was like i i i had my hands tied so i had to look I had to look i don't blame you in the least man it's uh you know, we've been looking forward to this this night for a long time, watched a lot of bad basketball to get to this point. And so you got to know how, how we fared, right? And so let's kind of get into it here. Um, how the lottery shook out was really pretty chalk. You know, um, you had Cleveland at 14, Charlotte at 13, uh, the Clippers pick, which is going to OKC at 12, the Knicks pick at 11. Wizards at 10, the Spurs at nine, all uh, no, no surprises, no jumps there. And then the Lakers pick, which of course is going to the Pelicans um, at eight. And then our Portland Trailblazers at number seven, uh, dropping down, I guess, one spot from our final race to the bottom ranking of the year. So uh, Perry, 
any winners, losers stick out to you? Um, uh, go ahead. I, I honestly, I mean, we talked about it. I think the Kings are a big winner moving up. Um, honestly, I think the biggest reason why the Kings are a winner is that at the fourth pick, no matter, I mean, some people are seeing Ivy maybe pop into that top three. It's like, that's sort of that consensus for, right? Smith, Holmgren, Bancaro, and Ivy. So no matter, no matter who gets taken one, two, three, they can just take that fourth player. Like if I was the Kings, that's the perfect spot to be. Maybe you could argue three and then you take one of those three big guys. Uh, but I, I don't know if they're sold on Deer and Fox at this point. Maybe they want to go with Ivy or, I mean, probably what they'll do is they'll, they'll draft Ivy at four and then they'll trade him in a year. You know what I mean? Like they did with Halliburton. <laughs> it's probably what they'll do. Uh, but I think right off the bat, they're a big winner. Um, one of the teams that the Blazers passed up at the end and it, in the end, didn't even matter. Yep, yep. So they jumped up three spots from that seventh spot uh, to number four. And I'm with you. I think that, you know, jumping up into that fourth range, while it's not what most analysts are projecting is the top tier, you're still right there. And I think that pick will hold a lot of value. You know, they are pretty guard heavy, similar to our favorite team. So if they did, another team did want to jump in there, I think they could probably get pretty good value for that pick. Um, somebody else I was looking at, obviously, is Orlando jumping in the top pick. Um, I see them just adding yet another big man to their to their fleet of bigs, which you know why not keep taking swings till one hits? I suppose if you're if you're the Magic, and then uh, I think OKC too. And you know they were supposed to be in that four spot, snuck into that two spot, and uh, firmly entrenched in the top three. I'm sure they'll just take the second guy on their big board and keep chugging along. And I mean, they got another whole lot more bites of the apple the next couple of years in the first round. So pretty, yeah. pretty low pressure say, pick for those boys. Yeah. It seems like, like the magic and the, and the, and OKC it's been the last couple of years where they've had like, besides, I guess, Mark Huffles, but specifically, specifically, specifically the thunder, they've been more in that like four five, six range and haven't been able to get like that guy so I feel like being able to, to, to pop up and have Presti take someone, hopefully we can pair with Shea uh, and Giddy, I think is going to be interesting because it's, it's the perfect draft to take, to take a forward, take a center. So yeah, good for that. Part, part of me really hopes that they take Holmgren just so you can get Holmgren and Poku on the court at the same <laughs> time and just have two like absolute uniquely built bean poles out there on the same on the same court with uh, passing and shooting skills, just seems like I don't know. It'd be it'd be a league pass, darling, for me. No, I mean that's not home. That's a pretty good defensive team with Holmgren and uh, Dort. Like they'd be, they wouldn't be good, but I think they could maybe <laughs> a couple more picks. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like leading up to this, it was like like if you told me that in a, a month from now, like I was either going to lose all the money I had or make a billion dollars, like. I think just personally with who I am, I would, I would pretty much be going into it thinking I'm going to lose all my money. And I don't know, I, I don't know if people out there are lucky and I, and I don't know if everyone, had, maybe no one has the perception that they're actually lucky, but just as a franchise, it didn't, it seemed, didn't seem to me regardless of, of how lucky they'd gotten in the lottery prior, it just didn't seem like it was moving in that way. So to see them at seven, it was like, shit, you know, like that's pretty much, if, if I was a betting man, I would have bet that. And I think that was what the odds said, right? But like the whole excitement was sort of marred by this dark cloud that, mm -hmm. you know, did, did end up raining, but. 
it's that it's that eternal Blazers optimism, right? Just yeah. as a fan, we are just so, and that's straight sarcasm. We're we're we are built for worst case <laughs> yeah. scenarios, especially ever since you know we we're firmly in our you know adult primes or or close to at when the Odin event went down with the number one pick. I think you might have been you're getting there, young pups, but well, let's not. I mean, I was young. I was young. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember Odin for sure. Yeah, and so I guess I was only like in high school, man. I just thought I was, I thought I was cooler and older than I was. But you know, I think I'm with you. I know Steve was talking about on our on our last pod together. We discussed kind of are the basketball gods going to smile upon us? And and to me, just we weren't that hungry rebuilding team like Oklahoma City, yeah, or or Houston or even Orlando. It was kind of game in the system, you know, and and really a true tank. And so I wasn't super optimistic. And frankly, when seven came up, you know, there was a split second there where I was like, hey, baby, we're going top four. The Blazers card pulled up and, and you know, I, I wasn't. Well, it's not the end of the world. Um, as far as losers go, who do you got? Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. There. Uh, who do I have there? I mean, Detroit went down. But honestly, like, I mean, I'm just going to stick with the Blazers. Like, obviously, they did all of these moves. And maybe it was bad karma, like trading, trading basically Norman Rocco. I know people want to say that it was for all these great things or it was strategic. Well, I mean, it was strategic for this very moment. Right. Like you, you, you traded him them for basically not a lot of assets in return, specifically now, um, even with Winslow being injured for this pick and it didn't, it didn't work out. So like, I, I don't know if everyone else sees Portland, they moved down one spot. Um, but it, it just, it changes everything from what you can get for that pick, what, what moves can be made. And if you compound the fact that they didn't get that new Orleans mm-hmm. pick, and then you have New Orleans getting that pick right below them. So they're basically, you know, they're going to be picking right before Portland. Yeah, right after Portland. Um, it just stings even more. Hey, it's producer Perry here. And I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. 
Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna, before I dive into Portland, you know, I think Houston dropped a couple spots from one to three. I'm not really calling them too big of a loser. You know, that's they're still in that top tier is, yeah. is what they're what everyone's thinking. Detroit bouncing out of the top three to five might be the toughest single event in the lottery. There wasn't a ton of shockers, right? But um, just getting into that five spot hurts a little bit for them, I think. But I'm with you, man. Just if you kind of take everything in the aggregate and pull in that this draft could have looked a lot, lot different for Portland. We could be sitting there with a pick in the late lottery. There There was the Pelicans. And, you know, Couple, couple more losses, couple things go right. Even a, even a number five pick. If you have five and fourteen, five and thirteen, that's feeling a lot better than just seven, right? For everything that kind of we endured as a fan base, and frankly, I think a lot of those players had to endure. So, it's I like, have to agree. Yeah, I mean, so this is just a little, little illustration. But when I was in college, I would always go to this like hot chicken place with my friend, and we we order the tenders every single time. And no matter what, his would always be way bigger than mine. And it didn't matter, no matter what, no matter how many times we went, how matter how good I felt about my order, every time his tenders would be bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't Man. know. That's how I feel right now. That's how I'm feeling. And you know, in college, that's a huge deal. Now it's at least when you get to be my age, Perry, it's kind of more of a blessing. Probably, if you get the smaller, <laughs> yeah. If you get the smaller tender basket, you're like, you know, I'll probably make it to my next meal. But right. So as far as just initial thoughts past the past kind of the circumstances we had to go through, uh, how the lottery went, how do you feel about this team moving forward and some of the options on the table uh, with, with, you know, just the draft in general, drafting from seven, is there opportunity there? I, I, I know, I know you're a little, you're not thrilled, but you know, at least we didn't drop and we have number seven pick in the draft. So where do we go from here? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing ever uh, or ever, but I do think that it sort of reframes how we think about some of our assets. Like I think the, the notion was if we dropped enough, then maybe you trade that pick for a Jeremy Grant, but I'm not so sold that, that a seventh pick, I mean, Brandon Roy was the seventh pick. Dame was the sixth pick. Like you can get value there. Now, is it, is there someone out there who can come in and bring, that value in his first couple of years, that's up for their scouting department to decide, right? Maybe for Steve to decide even. Um, <laughs> but personally, like I talked about this a couple of weeks on the pod, the decision between, can they live in this, this middle ground between still trying to build around Dame and ushering in the new era with Simons, right? Like is, is that pairing and whatever else they get with that pick, is it enough? Or do they need to either commit to the Amphony, um, you know, the Amphony era and maybe let go of Dame? And maybe, maybe this makes Dame rethink all of this. Like everything that he had sacrificed sitting out, trading his best friend was for this moment and it didn't work out how they had hoped. Um, Maybe it's time that they either switch course that way or they maybe tried to trade Amphony because I think at this point, if, if you get a top three pick, that's the best asset you have. 
But now, if if they'd be willing to trade and do a sign-in trade with someone for Anthony, keep the seventh pick, I think that what you could get out of Anthony is more than Jeremy Grant. Uh, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't trade the seventh pick for Jeremy Grant. Does that make sense? So It, ab- it absolutely does. Yeah. 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 To me, this pick does seem ripe for a trade. You know, it's, I don't think it's too high that you'll feel like you're passing on a generational talent. Those guys, unless your name's Giannis and you reside in Milwaukee, those guys typically don't fall out of the top 10. Um, To your point there, you can find great players in this range though. And I think sometimes as fans, we get too caught up in, in just what the mocks are saying. I mean, most of the mocks are really pretty similar, right? And they're never completely right. And so it is tough because I think that seven is high enough where you could potentially get a player that really impacts the franchise. But <laughs> is that on the timeline of, of Damian Lillard? So I don't know. Seven's still high enough, too. You could have a guy that's kind of a consensus top five drop to you. Um, in my you know, short and uh, beat up memory, I can't remember a whole lot of guys that have really fallen out of the top five and ended up being awesome. Um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure people have a few guys right off the top of their head, but yeah, to me, we'll see. I think that it's time to fire up a new little exercise that we're, <laughs> that, we're that has been developed for this exact uh, situation here. Yep. So with the seventh pick, we have some, we're truly buying into the Damian Lillard era and you know, with that frame of mind, meaning we need a contributor sooner rather than later, the likely move at the seventh pick is a trade. And Perry, you got a couple trades, don't you? I got four for you. Now, don't don't pay attention to the 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 money behind it, because I have not paid attention to the money behind it. Okay. So just put your heart into this and not your mind. So it's right. so it's it's really the framework of a trade, right? And with, with, sure with the assumption can. that we can kind of make – the Blazers could use some salary cap gymnastics, throw in some right. filler, and make it happen. Some of these Maybe. guys, it's like Nurk would probably have to go in a certain – just even from a play, like a depth chart standpoint. Like you throw Bledsoe in, that's always sort of like the catch-all, you know. It's like – Yeah, Bledsoe didn't work. Anyone if you attach something to him. <laughs> um, all right, so would you trade the seventh pick and whatever it would take – I think I know your answer to this one, but I'll see – for Rudy Gobert? Uh, that's a hard pass on Mr. Gobert. Are you take, serious? Yes. I will take Nurk at – Wow. What's he – I don't know what Nurk's worth. I'm going to guess in the 15 to 17 million range, which is – It's like half of what Gobert less, is. Yeah, around – we'll call it – if I can get Nurk for half of what I can pay Gobert, but I can still main, even make the make the selection at seven, I'll, I, I would take that. But – you know, I can see where it it's a little enticing. I just think seven might be too much for Gobert in, in ways. Really? So I'm going to tell you why. It's yeah. the con. It's the contract. He's the CJ McCollum of the Utah Jazz. He's a very <laughs> good. He's a very very good player who has some flaws. In Gobert's case, I think it's primarily perimeter defense. In the playoffs is kind of where he, you know, where his Ward show, but in mm-hmm. CJ, I think it was just more of you know a size thing and, and fit. But very good player, 
who's getting paid a lot of money for what he for what he does. And so for me, I got to I got to take a pass on that one pair. All right. Um, I've, I've added a couple more. I'm doing research as you're talking, adding more trades. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's, let's go. Um, all right. Would you do in a in a crazy world where something blows up in in Phil, in Philly? If you had to trade, because I think this is maybe what it would take, would you trade Anthony and the seventh pick for Joel Embiid? Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> It'd take a whole lot more than that to get him out of there. It might take three more first rounders, but <laughs> I would. Yeah. Well, blood would, yeah, oh yeah, just throw a blood so dude. Yeah. Blood so make it work. Um, <laughs> I would I would trade anything other than Damian Lillard for Joel Embiid. Yeah. And I think you you just pair those two together, a premier scoring point guard and a premier two-way center who's knock on wood, you know, stayed relatively healthy after Charlotte there in, in the first part of his career. And I mean, second in MVP voting. Yeah, I, I give up. I give up the farm, the house, the barn, everything. Yeah. Um, I was going to go Carl Anthony Towns, but I feel like them winning the lottery a couple years ago, getting Anthony Edwards has sort of made that hope go away. Yeah, um, they, they seem pretty set. To answer, I would do seven assignments for Towns, though, for sure. But, uh, yeah. All right. If you, okay, so I'm going to give you a choice of, of one of two players. Okay. And then you tell me, because we're on the same team. Uh, Siakam or Ananobi, but let's say that Siakam you could get you could get for the seventh pick, but Ananobi you would have to trade just Simons, not the seventh pick. So there's two trades on the table there. To preface this, I would do either. Um, you know, I think I would probably take Siakam. I think that you know we we drafted Simons now four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have that. There's there's that cost and, and and equity that we put into him over the last four years. Now he's really starting to starting to show. Um, to me, I'd probably rather have OG in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just if you're going to go one on one, I think that's pretty tough. You're, you're projecting with him a little bit too. But for me, I think I would go. Uh, I'd take Siakam just to hold on to the sure thing that's that Simon's is rather than you know, potentially having to wait, wait another four years for that number seven pick to contribute. But man, sign me up for either. Yeah, I know. I'm in. So, so would you do Jeremy Grant for pick seven? No. I would No, I'm, yeah, I'm not as enamored with the, with the Grant trade. Um, I, I think the only way I'd do it is if Dame really slams the table for him. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's your stance on some of these? Are you, are you, everything you're offering, would you accept? So would you do seven for Gobert? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> Woo! I would. I would. I'll take pair. Yeah. But like, so this whole, I, I don't, this, it's confusing because two weeks ago, and maybe it's just Blazers, Blazers, like fandom trying to speak things into existence, but it was like, Oh, maybe that maybe this Bucks pick could turn into Grant. You 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 do Johnson yeah. Yeah. and you do the Bucks pick and Bledsoe and you get Grant, which I think is actually not that bad of a trade for the Pistons. It's obviously not as good as, as getting number seven, but like I think that I would do that if I were them. But now it's like, oh, this the pick seven is gonna be Grant. Is that like 
are we saying that the <laughs> number seven, it's going to be something else? Or is that now become, oh, we're actually going to trade number seven for granted? Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. And I haven't been on Twitter uh, since the <laughs> since the lottery. Since the, you, you want to say the ping pong balls, we don't really see them, right? So the, since the, since the envelopes opened up, yeah. So I'm not. I don't have a pulse. I think that Twitter is it's kind of a certain. You know, you can find every sort of fan you want on there but i'm with you i think if we're talking bucks pick blood so keon for grant it sounds i good. like i like that trade yeah. sign me up yeah but seven's way too rich for him and there's really a struggle to find like anything else in that roster i'd really really want you know to and to make the salaries work so i think seven's just way too high i think we're and we all know it when we when we lost that Pelicans pick. I think that was the that was the Grant piece. Yeah. So yeah. the no brainer. Um, would you do? Maybe we could bring in DeAndre Ayton for the seventh pick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll I, I think that I think that I don't think the Suns would even pick up the phone if that was the offer. No, I don't think so. It'd take more. I think it'd have to be some sort of sign and trade too, probably, yeah. which, yeah. you know, I'm the kind of guy where Perry, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head, but I just know it'd have to be, it'd be difficult. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really, I think the Aiden is a situation to monitor. Um, you know, typically good young teams don't let really good two-way centers who are young and, and healthy walk, but the sons of, made some really bad decisions at the top over the years. They made some really good ones from a, mm -hmm. from a player acquisition development standpoint lately, but Robert Sarver's still there and he's kind of a cheap SOB. So who knows? I, I, I keep an eye on it, but yeah, you know, the seven picks part of getting eight and toss that baby in there. Hey, maybe the Kings, maybe the Kings want to trade back. Maybe we give like, I don't know, Keldon Johnson or something. <laughs> maybe the Bucks pick. Yeah. You know, Keon and Kel Keon yeah, and the Bucks pick and seven. I don't know. If one of the bigs drop or something. You're not yeah. trading up for Ivy, are you? No, I'm not trading. You you big Ivy guy? Not a big <laughs> Ivy. Guy. All right. Would you trade the pick? Because I well, just in a in like an NBA logic standpoint, they'd probably rather have Simons if in a certain line of thinking. Um, but would you trade either of those of the, the pick or Simons for Draymond? <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd maybe. I don't know. OK, I almost said I'd trade them both. I'd, I'd maybe trade them both for Draymond. Yeah. Just to I mean, but then you're absolutely just going for it. Right. With yeah. Dame, Draymond, Nurk. I think Draymond and Nurk are kind of a clunky fit, especially yeah. if you're going to spend 15, 17 on Nurk. Um, those, those two playing together get a little weird, but. I think that uh, he would bring an intensity that Portland hasn't seen since 
probably Rashid mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in that way. And then, um, yeah, his defensive chops would shore up a lot of our issues. I think he's a, definitely a Chauncey guy. And you know him and Dame are tight. Um, you know, with the Warriors looking like they're going to make a run, I don't know. <laughs> what world he'd be on the table, but I would, I'd be, I'd be knocking the door down for Draymond. I think even though he's getting up there in years and clearly not the same player he was. Yeah. All right. My last one is, and this is, this is probably the one where I think outside of like the Raptors probably aren't going to try to trade Siakam, Rananobi. The Warriors aren't going to trade Draymond. Rudy's yeah. probably out the door. Yeah. And maybe maybe Aiden as well, but I think this one just has the potential to to work. Anthony Davis. What are we talking? Are we talking Simons and seven? I I don't I don't know if in the circ in the just in there where they're at if they really have the bargaining chips to be like, hey, we want both. Like I think with his injury history, down year. I think you could get him for just Simons and like, obviously a ton of, it would be a sign and you know, whatever makes it worse. Man. You know, I think that, I think that Davis is meant to be a number two, even though he hasn't really shown out in that role in LA. I think that LA brings a lot of unique pressure and playing with LeBron brings a lot of pressure. He's obviously always going to be an injury risk, mm -hmm. but he might give us a, you know, 10% shot at winning a title, him and Dame, and you surround him with guys like Hart and Nos, if you can hang on to those guys. I'm doing it, dude. And I'd probably give up Simons and Seven to get him as far as like the baseline of the deal. And I, mean, I, I don't think I'd really even think about it just because his timeline is so much more aligned with, with Dame's. And if you can just get him right, then you really have a, a duo to – to go after it for a couple of years. That's a really interesting situational Lakers yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I mean, I think he's, he's at the age where if it, you're not trading for someone who like, I think he has just the idea of Anthony Davis is so valuable. Like if it doesn't mm -hmm. work out in a year or two, you can trade him for something. You can trade it for a Reasonable. lot. Whereas someone like go bear, it seems like this is sort of like he, his, his worth is already, way less than it maybe would have been two years ago or something like that. But mm -hmm. I think the only other guys that a lot of Blazer fans have talked about lately, and it, it just hasn't, I, I've seen a lot of, again, it's on Twitter, people saying like, Oh, a lot of teams are, are washing out. So maybe like the Blazers can capitalize, but I feel like the guys that we would most want were like a Jalen Brown or Jimmy Butler. And I think it's pretty clear that both of those guys are going to be staying on their teams. Because obviously, yeah. even with seven and Simons, I think you could potentially have gotten one of those guys, uh, but it's they're pretty locked in now. So, yeah, and I kind of wonder too about you know this draft doesn't have a generational guy. Would an Orlando be willing to pony up a ton for some of these guys just to get some butts in the seats? Yeah. You know, Oklahoma City's got just a horde of a horde of picks, and yeah. it's like they could give up six first rounders in the next five years and not even blink. Right. And so I think when it comes to just an arm race around uh, kind of general potential and talent, Portland's kind of in a, in a weird spot. But that being said, I think that would apply more to like really top tier guys 
who probably wouldn't agree together anyway, but kind of a lot of those names, you know, some of those names you brought up where it's maybe not a tier one guy, but a two, three, four, where it's not like they put Detroit over the top. So Detroit's not going to want to trade five for him. Portland is in a position to strike with that seventh pick. And so, you know, I, I think you really hit on the head with, you know, we're kind of at a fork in the road. And what does seven do for the Damian Lillard-led Blazer team who's, you know, he's getting older. And I think this is going to be a common kind of debate and conversation, um, at least up until the draft. And then, of course, after the draft, depending on what Portland does, you know, it'll be, are we making the right move? Or, you know, there'll be mortgage a future for, you know, a couple of years to go after it. So it's going to be fascinating to see what Cronin does. I don't really envy his situation quite at the moment. Do you? Uh, no. <laughs> but he just got a four-year deal, so. Yeah, he's good. He's got a little time. Yeah. We're zagging. But yeah, you're that's, right. Exactly. That's more you and I style than Steve. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks again. Appreciate you. Thanks for all you do for the pod. Um, thank you all for listening. Remember, there have been some very good players drafted in that 6-7 range, including guys with the names like Lillard, Roy. Keep the optimism. This is not the end of the world. Don't say anything crazy on Twitter. Be nice to each other. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And while you're at it, go follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod. We'll see you next week.